Welcome to the May edition of the Money Letter on Markets podcast. I'm Brian Kelly, publisher of the Money Letter, and this month we have two stories for you. One is our regular investment story on what's going on in the markets, and another is a financial planning story regarding estate planning considerations. First, our investment story. It's called Investor Determination Paying Off So Far. Don't be swayed by all the doom and gloom in the financial press. It's true, a recession may happen after all. But the resilience we've seen from the economy leads us to believe that it will be shallow if it does occur. We do not see an abrupt economic drop-off, the so-called, quote, hard landing, which is a huge risk factor for those in the stock market. That view is reflected in our model portfolio returns with all models up moderately year-to-date. Better yet for investors, we are very close to the end of the Fed's interest rate hiking cycle. Historically, when the Fed stops hiking interest rates, stocks respond positively over the intermediate term. Our bond fund holdings are in a much better place than they were a year ago, as they are now sporting decent yields and the price risk is now lower. Through all this, corporate profits have been decent. 80% of S&P 500 companies reporting so far have beaten albeit lowered expectations. The case for optimism. It's been a long haul for equity investors since the Fed started increasing interest rates in March 2022. By mid-October, the S&P 500 had declined by about 20%. Add in a regional banking scare starting in March of 2023, and the result has been heightened volatility. All that said, the benchmark is only off about 7% since the start of the hiking cycle. Why has the market done as well as it has? Two related factors have been crucially important. The sturdiness of the labor markets and the strength of consumer spending. While both have softened a bit recently, it has come as we approach peak yields and peak Fed hawkishness. True, inflation and higher interest rates mean recession looks like the most likely scenario later this year. The consumer has depleted much of their savings over the past year amid historically high prices. Credit is tighter due to higher interest rates and the condition of the regional banking sector. This means consumers are paying more for credit card interest and other loans, reducing available funds for discretionary spending. Layoffs, especially in the tech sector, are starting to add up, and job openings have declined. While these factors are important, none of them have gone through a precipitous decline. Much of the economy's weakness has been in the manufacturing sector, which accounts for only about 12% of the U.S. economy. Services represents a much bigger portion. Our friends at the Sevens Report recently made the case for the so-called soft landing. They analyzed the biggest factors, in their view, for whether the economy will drop off suddenly or ease through a slowdown. Looking at the ISM Manufacturing Report, the ISM Services Report, and job additions from the labor market, only one, manufacturing, is pointing to a hard landing. In addition, they reviewed retail sales, business spending, and jobless claims. All of these are slowing, but are not in sharp negative trend, which would be indicative of a hard landing. If there is a soft landing, that means we will avoid a recession or it will be mild at worst. This does not point to the Fed decreasing interest rates aggressively as some analysts in the markets currently think. 
but it does signal the end of the higher interest rate cycle, and that, as our readers know, is what, what we've been looking for. Value still has upside. Value or growth? It's an important question, especially after seeing some of the big tech stocks pop after better-than-expected earnings in the last couple of weeks. It's important to remember that if our economic outlook is correct, we are currently in the middle of an extended period of higher interest rates. Without the ultra-low interest rates that companies have gotten used to, growth stocks are less, less attractive. Well, maybe not the FANG stocks like Facebook, Alphabet, Apple, Google, etc. Cheap debt helped lower quality companies prosper. That is no longer the case. Higher quality companies with lower stock prices can survive an economic downturn and gain market share, while smaller growth companies struggle. We recently came across the story of Lithia Motors, an Oregon-based chain of automobile de dealerships. Lithia has the largest inventory of cars for sale online in the U.S. It has been undervalued because of the threat of recession and the worry that demand for cars will decline. As The Motley Fool pointed out, legendary value investor Bill Nigren from Oakmark Select has held this stock even though its earnings appear to make it a growth stock. Its price-to-earnings ratio, because of the macroeconomic outlook, made it an unlikely but profitable value play. Models and Recommendations All subscribers should maintain their asset allocations given our intermediate 6-12 month outlook for peaking inflation, peaking interest rates, and a soft landing for the economy. We expect volatility in the equity markets to continue until we get more confidence in the trend and speed of disinflation and clearer signals from the Fed. Through four months, our models are all positive and have returned between 2.2% for the Vanguard Conservative and plus 5.9% for the Fidelity Venturesome. Bond and money market funds are contributing to returns. Most bonds are less risky alternatives to stocks right now, especially with the likelihood of interest rates peaking soon. You should fund these positions if you have free cash. We have two fund upgrade trades to report. In the April 20th hotline, we sold Fidelity Midcap Value, the ticker is FSMVX, out of the Fidelity Conservative model. Proceeds bought Fidelity New Millennium, F-M-I-L-X. In the Money Letter Conservative and Venturesome Models, we sold Muhlenkamp, M-U-H-L-X, and bought Artisan Value Investor, A-R-T-L-X. Details are in our model portfolio reports on pages 3 and 5. And now the article on estate planning. This is titled 10 Estate Planning Considerations, and it's written by Kent Fitzpatrick. And I'll tell you that Kent is a contributing editor for Money Letter. He's the managing director for Asset Strategy, that's our parent company, and an accredited investment fiduciary analyst. 10 Estate Planning Considerations. It's easy to put off. No one likes to think about death or how things will be when you're gone. But comprehensive estate planning is essential when it comes to arranging and distributing your assets after you pass. The peace of mind that comes to you when you know your assets will efficiently flow to the people you choose in a tax-efficient manner can be priceless. 
Estate planning is an important topic, so this month Money Letter provides you with 10 planning considerations to keep in mind when doing your estate planning. Number one, creating a will. A will is a legal document that outlines your wishes regarding the distribution of your assets after your death. It is important to create a will to ensure that your wishes are carried out, starting with taking an inventory of all the assets that you own. It is important to have a clear understanding of what you own, its value, and how you want it distributed. Ensure that it is properly drafted, executed, and kept up to date with changes in your life. In the absence of a will, the court will appoint an executor, which may not settle the estate as you intended. Best to document that all properly in a written will. Number two, choose an executor. The executor of your estate is the person responsible for carrying out the instructions in your will. It is important to choose someone who is responsible and trustworthy. Consider the age of that person, the location of that person, their capacity to serve, and their level of expertise. Conflicts can be avoided if this selection is carefully thought out in advance. Number three, designating beneficiaries. Beneficiaries are the people or organizations who will receive your assets after your death. You should designate beneficiaries for all your assets or use a transfer on death or TOD where applicable. Make sure your beneficiary designations are up to date on your life insurance, retirement accounts, and other assets that pass outside of probate. Number four, considering estate taxes. Estate taxes can reduce the amount of your estate that is passed on to your beneficiaries. Proper planning can minimize their impact. Speak with an attorney or financial advisor to discuss tax planning strategies. It is important to consider the potential estate tax consequences of your estate plan. Consider leaving a portion of your estate to charitable organizations that are important to you. This can also provide tax benefits. Don't forget state estate tax implications as well. Number five, planning for incapacity. Incapacity planning involves preparing for a situation where you become unable to make decisions for yourself. You should consider creating a durable power of attorney or POA and healthcare directive to appoint someone to make decisions on your behalf. A POA allows you to appoint someone to make financial or medical decisions for you if you become incapacitated. Healthcare directives, such as a living will or healthcare proxy, allow you to express your wishes about medical treatment and end-of-life care. Number six, protecting assets from creditors. Asset protection planning involves taking steps to protect your assets from creditors. This can include creating trusts or structuring your assets in a way that makes them difficult for creditors to reach. Number seven, planning for business succession. If you own a business, you should consider how it will be passed on to your heirs after your death. This may involve creating and funding a buy-sell agreement or setting up a trust. It is important to have a plan in place for its succession, whether it is passing it on to family members, selling it, or shutting it down. Number eight, minimizing probate. Probate is the legal process of distributing your assets after your death. It can be time-consuming and expensive. You should consider taking steps to minimize probate, such as creating a living trust. 
Trusts can be an effective way to protect and distribute assets, especially for those with large estates or special needs beneficiaries. Speak with an attorney to determine if a trust is appropriate for your situation. Number nine, reviewing and updating your estate plan. Your estate plan should be reviewed and updated regularly to ensure that it still reflects your circumstances, your wishes, and meets your needs. And number 10, seeking professional advice. Estate planning can be complex, and it is important to seek the advice of a professional, such as an attorney or a financial planner, to ensure that your estate plan is effective and meets your goals. It is important to review and update your estate plan regularly, especially after major life events such as marriages, divorces, births, deaths, or significant changes in your financial situation. Improper estate planning can lead to costly mistakes that can cause significant financial and emotional dis distress for your loved ones. It is essential to consult with an experienced estate planning professional to help you avoid these mistakes and ensure that your wishes are carried out. And if you'd like more information on estate planning, we've got a couple of guides that you can get if you go to the resources section of our website, moneyletter.com, and click on guides under the resources section. Thank you for listening. That's it for the May edition of Money Letter on Markets. <music>